Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Okay, so we're back to talking about trauma. And if you listen to last week's show, you probably have figured out that somewhere along your, your life you have experienced it in some way. Um, and if you do acknowledge experiencing trauma, are you aware of all the ways it impacts you? And is it possible to recover from trauma? Well, these are the questions that I'm going to be talking about with Irene Lyon in the second of our conversations on trauma. And Irene is a nervous system specialist and somatic neuroplasticity expert. So let's go ahead and jump back in. So last time we were talking about the impact on the brain and Mm -hmm. this idea that that gut instinct is a real thing. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's interesting. I don't, I I remember um, a man named Gavin Becker wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we do, I mean, I know we have that, that, that gut instinct that something's off that I'm not safe. Women, women have to develop this in a, in a lot of ways. And, and in some respects, we train it out of our children, which is a really dangerous thing to do. Um, It is. Because, you know, and, you know, and so, you know, how do we know, and, and by the way, does that, does that system get um, out of whack if, if there's a trauma incident or does, or, I mean, is, how does trauma connect with our, with our really understanding and, and, uh, and allowing for the gut instinct? It's a good one, and, and this we could go for five hours on this, so I'll be brief. <laughs> but, you know, we have to go back to um, something that I, I did say in our first conversation around how we were raised when we were young and mm-hmm. how we were allowed to express um, our pain. You know, if, mm-hmm. we, if we fell off our bike, were we allowed to cry and let that really move through our body? Um, or were we told to get up immediately and to show how strong and big we were? Um, right, big boys is, don't cry. But, yeah, and or or girls don't cry, or mm-hmm. be tough like your brother, or whatever. You know, so right. there's these mm-hmm. there are these things that we have culturally baked into kind of this societal norm of this will toughen you up, this will prepare you for life. And I have I have no doubt we need to you know, put our, our kids into situations that are somewhat stressful when they're ready to learn and to, to know how things work. But that very early upbringing, and I, I want to share two ideas in a moment, but the early sure. upbringing of acknowledging our little people, they really know what's right for them. <laughs> and uh-huh. especially when they're, you know, two, three, one, two months old, and we need to attune and listen to those things because they come out fully gut heavy, right? Absolutely. A baby's, yeah. a baby's brain is essentially their gut. They can tell when something isn't right. And usually it comes out with cries and worries, um, but they feel mm-hmm. there's like a, there's like a, and we know it, you know, if our gut instincts are turned on. If our spidey senses are turned on, we can tell when something isn't right and yet 
we dismiss it as, you know, oh, that's just too woo-woo or that's not real. But, it's, but it is real. And this is how animals in the wild, again, I touched on that on our last chat, they can sense when something's coming. They, they have that, that internal instinct that connects with the environment. And so when we're young, if we are given an opportunity to really be with our sensations and really honor our expression, our silliness, our sadness, all the things that happen, our fears, that allows us, it, it keeps that gut instinct inside. And another classic example is, oh, mommy, mommy, there's a monster under my bed. And, <laughs> you know, the, the last thing we want to do, and I'll be very frank, is to say, well, no, there's not that silly. You know, they're sensing something, and there might not be a monster, but that's okay. They're, they're, uh-huh. they're expressing something that they're feeling, and it's uh-huh. like, oh, really? Well, let's look. You know, Mm -hmm. and and maybe they get under the bed and they're like, can't you see it right there? And a lot of people would dismiss that because they're like, oh, maybe they're psychologically not well. But kids have a, (laughs) uh, their filters are less, right? And I believe in an afterlife. I believe in ghosts and spirits and all of that. So that's another piece to know about me. And Mm -hmm. it's like, I think children can see more than we can see when we've been conditioned so much. Now, this doesn't mean that we are going to teach a little one um, to just see nothing but make-believe, right? Uh-huh, right? But we need to have a nice balance. And so to go back to that question about trauma, what's interesting is that when our gut instinct is off, when we are not connected to our internal system, our nervous system, there's something called neuroception. I don't know if you've come across that word before. But neuroception is a a term that was coined by researcher Stephen Porges, and he kind of made the vagus nerve very popular with his polyvagal theory and Mm -hmm. how the vagus nerve works. And so his concept of neuroception is our perception of safety or our perception of danger. Now, if we were robbed of our sensations and if we were in an environment growing up that wasn't safe and we weren't allowed to express, we're going to have a very um, skewed version of, of our, not only our internal environment, but our external environment. And okay. so we will be a little off track on knowing what is safe, who is safe, or who is, safe, or who is unsafe, and, you know, where is unsafe. And you'll hear this with um, people that I work with and and people that really get into this work is they'll say, no matter what, I keep getting into the same bad situation. I keep driving down the wrong road and I keep getting to the same accident or I keep getting in the same abusive, toxic relationship, Uh or I can't seem to make the right decision around X, Y, Z. And what I've found, Leslie, is as people get healed in their nervous system, as they start to rekindle and realize that their sensations, their gut, their impulses are actually really accurate, their lives start to improve, not just because their symptoms maybe are getting better and their brain is getting healthier, but they're not throwing themselves into danger in the same way, and they're actually more accurate with their perception. Does that make sense? It, well, it, you know, it does, and I'm sitting here, and it's like I said, it's like I'm thinking about my children. It's like, oh, my God, how did I damage yeah. them? Ah, uh, uh, yes, um, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, um, but, but 
and sometimes, and, and one of the things that, that I learned when taking your class is that, is that some of these things are not, well, most of them aren't purposeful. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I, I believe that most people do the best they can with what they have. Yeah, of course, and, and, of course. And even in my home environment, if I'm, if I'm a little kid and I'm not getting what I need, um, and, and, of course, this, this is what I run into all the time with my clients. And, and mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of going back into the past to blame somebody, but to go back into the past to go, here's, here's, how, here's how we ended up off track. Um, yeah. Because children don't have a huge vocabulary, and, Mm-mm. you know, no. um, <laughs> they, can't, they can't really explain. I mean, yeah, they can, they can say there are monsters under the bed. I mean, I'm, when you were talking about that, it just reminded me of one night when my son couldn't go to sleep. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to help him go to sleep, and I was trying to find out what happened. And it's like because his father had showed him a picture of a werewolf right before bedtime. I'm oh. going, okay, that was a cold you know. I was like, I wonder the poor child couldn't go to sleep, you know, so I was like, you know, doing yeah. what I knew to do to calm him down. Yeah. But, um, but you know, you, some of these things are accidental, and I think one of the things mm-hmm. you talked about um, is, I mean, I had my tonsils out when I was five, and I didn't think of mm-hmm. that as a particularly traumatic experience, yeah. except apparently I yeah. woke up screaming I didn't want my tonsils out. And when taking your course, I understood that was trauma. And so yeah. it's like, oh, I didn't realize that was Trump. So some of this mm-hmm. stuff is unintentional mm-hmm. or just kind of happens. Nobody's yeah. to blame. But what do we do about it? How do we, yeah. how do we heal? First, because like I said, until, until I took your class, I had no idea. It's like, oh, that was a traumatic experience. Who knew? Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. or, or, even a, or even a birth experience, a friend of mine mm-hmm. um, her, her daughter was premature. And I said to her, yeah. that was a trauma for both of you. And she's looking yeah. at me like, you know, it, it, stuff happens. So what do we do? Yeah, I mean, that's a great example, too. You know, the, 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 the understanding that, again, it's not just war and big, scary things. It's things like what you just said, being born premature um, a scare, you know, when, when a mother is giving birth and, you know, she might not live like that. And, and this is the thing. We think it's not traumatic because baby and mom live. And so everybody's mm-hmm. fine afterwards. But the impact of that uncertainty is terrifying. And because of our higher brain, we can compartmentalize that terror and mm-hmm. we can hide it away. And here's the thing, it will inevitably come out in some other way down the road, whether it is a lack of being connected to the environment, not being connected mm-hmm. to ourselves, not trusting our body because, oh, I should have been able to give birth to a full-term baby and I didn't, I must, I must be broken, all these things start to happen. Mm-hmm. And then the shame sets in. So oh, to yeah. go back to that, yeah, to go back to the, the question, awareness is one of the key things to begin with. So okay. really understanding that this is real. This isn't just some, this concept that, you know, me and my colleagues have thought about, like we have really seen and, you know, this is a real thing. And mm-hmm. it could be something as small as your son seeing a picture of a werewolf and that imprinting into his physiology and him being terrified of all dogs you know, and anything that mm-hmm. looks like that for the rest of his life. I'm just making that story up right. um, hypothetically. Right. So, you know, if you think about 
something that is big and bad and scary and it puts us into a stress response. To work with that and to heal that, it comes back to how can we reestablish connection to our body that we got disconnected from in the first place and how can we also get reconnected to our environment? Because when we are thrown into that soup of survival stressors, the fight, flight, freeze, we kind of lose connection of not, again, the body and the world around us. So for me, in my work, I'm less about getting a list out and writing down all the bad things that happened to you. I have found that that is not very useful. Okay, Um, that's good to know. (laughs) Unless someone knows, you know, to use your tonsillectomy experience, I had the exact same thing happen to me when I was five. Um, it's like, you know what, I, I think I have fear around this thing because of this tonsillectomy. I want to work with that specifically. And so one might go see a really very trained somatic trauma therapist, um, and that's what I'm uh-huh. trained in, that world, to work on that actual event. Like maybe there's an image, maybe there's some flashbacks, maybe there's just uh-huh. fear. So we can work on a, on a case-by-case basis. Um, that's one way. Um, okay. And it works. It, it, you know, it, it's a beautiful thing to do that kind of work. Of course, not everybody has the ability to do that because of just not, uh, not only resources, but there's just not many of us out there yet. Right. <laughs> yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yet. And so what I discovered and I put together is if we can build up the foundation in a human being to understand the theory because I actually feel that the theory is very important because of our higher brain wants to uh-huh. understand, right? That analytical scientific mind, like it wants uh-huh. to understand, well, what you're telling me, I have to feel this, this fear. Like that's insane. So like, well, uh-huh. actually we who, want to who's learn. Gonna how go to do that, it. Right? Yeah. yeah. But in order for these old trauma responses to actually move out of the body, and not harm us inside, which causes toxicity, we have Uh to understand part of the process of this healing is going to be feeling some uncomfortable stuff because it was uncomfortable when it went in, and that's why we disconnected from it, right? Uh Um, And so building the theoretical understanding of what is going on is, is paramount, not, and I, I hate using the word second to that because it's not second. It's just as important to that is right. um, learning how to connect back with your body and back with the environment. Um, one of the key practices when I work with my students online is to reestablish something called orienting, being able to orient mm-hmm. to our environment, to explore mm-hmm. and to see, oh, there's, there's uh, the fan, there's my desk, there's the red carpet. Here I am in my home. My feet are a little cold because it's cold outside. Like, oh, there's, I see the wind blowing on the bamboo outside my window. And as simple as that is, Leslie, it's putting us back into the present moment. And when Uh we have something traumatic happen to us, it takes us out of the present moment. Okay. So, and and so I want to hold right there because, yeah, go, yeah. I need. I, I need to remind people that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dory, and I'm talking trauma with Irene Lyon, um, and she's a nervous system specialist and somatic neuroplasticity expert, easy for me to say, 
And, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking about how pretty much everybody has had some form of trauma in their lives, um, and it could be impacting you tremendously. It could be impacting you moderately. You might think it's not impacting you at all. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it actually really can. And so it's really important to understand this because whatever's happening to you is going to flow over into all of your relationships, including your marriage. So, again, like I said, normally at this time I make an offer for a free consultation, but I really want to let you guys know that this is really important. And so if you want more information about trauma and how it impacts you and your relationship, please send me an email and I'll share resources with you. You can reach me at Leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S. N is in Nancy, C is in Charlie.com. And I want to get back to talking about trauma. And so, Irene, one of the things mm-hmm. that I see in my practice in relationships is, and, and my husband actually did it to me when he tried to throw me a surprise party for my 40th birthday, and he will never do that again, <laughs> because, he tri- because he triggered a trauma response in me. And he, oh, you know, wow. I'm, I had the idea that, okay, because my husband cannot lie. I mean, Mm. You know, he just, he's, he's, you know, and he was lying to me. And I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he's going to leave me, you know, trauma right. response by dad. <laughs> yes. yes. And so yes. he'll never do this again, right? And so, um, yeah, for my 50th, he goes, yeah, you're not getting a surprise party. It's like, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but, but so this happens a lot in relationships. One partner will do something completely. Mm-hmm. My, my, my husband was completely oblivious. I was oblivious mm-hmm. until he did it. Um, and, you know, and then I had this horrendous response to it. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up in tears on the phone with my stepmother, and she thought somebody had died, you know, when I told her right. she was about a surprise party. She goes, okay, you need to be committed. But anyway, so what do we do? How do we, how do we, you know, because, you know, it could be our kids trigger it. It could be our friends. Yeah. It could be the person in the car next to us. Yeah. What's that process? And does, ori- does orienting or help, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, and, and so what, what do people do when both either I personally am triggered by something or my partner is triggered by something? Right. Well, there's two situations here. One is when it's happening in the acute sense, so it's happening, you know, right then and there. And then mm-hmm. what, what is happening to help heal the wounds that are creating that acute trigger? Right. And, and this is where if you're in, and I'll speak in relationship to partners, um, this is where both people have to be looking in the same direction. By that, I mean, it's metaphoric and that if one person is really wanting to understand their, their, their old traumas, the patterns, the way that they're triggered by, you know, someone throwing a birthday party, surprise birthday party for them to understand where is that coming from? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, why, why did that affect you so much when he was really just trying to do something lovely for you? Um, right. But because of the, you know, because of the, he was lying because he had to, because you have to, mm-hmm. where does that bake into your past that has nothing to do with him? So uh-huh. where in your physiology, right, is there a story where the truth wasn't being told or it wasn't safe or I didn't know what was going on? And so there was suspicion. 
and there's, mm-hmm. you know, just not being honest. And so, you know, it'd be interesting to go back to that situation, either with him or, or in the future with just mm-hmm. another incident and just be like, this is really interesting because I can see that you want to do this because you love me. And something in my physiology is saying, well, you're dangerous. This is not right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so being able to, as two people who are committed and together, to both agree, let's figure this out, as opposed to going into more of a trauma response, which is just to shut down and say, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Right? So I'm okay. kind of giving you a little hint there. Like, it'd be interesting to <laughs> right. find a way. <laughs> I didn't mean to turn mm-hmm. that on you, Leslie. But it'd be mm-hmm. interesting to find a way to leave, like, this is really old. And for him yeah. to go, oh, that's interesting, yeah. And, and, and to be like, what was it like when I didn't want that surprise party? Like, how did that feel <laughs> for you? Kind of uh-huh. like, if I'm going to use another example, like let's just say a, a child comes in and gives mommy a dandelion as a flower, but it's a, you know, we know it's a weed, dandelion. Right. But <laughs> they don't think it's a weed. It's a beautiful right, yellow it's flower. A, yeah, yeah. And it's like that ability to say, oh, my goodness, so thoughtful you thought of me. This is beautiful. I'll put it into water as opposed to, oh, this is because they stink pretty bad, right? As opposed mm-hmm. to like, oh, well, that doesn't smell sweet like a rose. You know, so that little one, just like, you know, our partners, they're just, they're trying. But when mm-hmm. there's a trigger like that, again, not from an acute perspective, but from a more macro global, we want to be united in this relationship and figure out our old wounds. Because I can tell you right now, when, when two people are figuring out their old wounds and they're both oh. looking in the same direction, mm-hmm. it's beautiful to watch. And I've watched in my work couples, I mean, some couples have split because one is mm-hmm. just not wanting to go in that direction. But those that look forward in the same direction and they're both invested, not only in the relationship, but in their personal autonomy and sovereignty. And I'm trying to figure out my stuff because, man, I got mm-hmm. stuff. Um, when that happens and there's mutual respect, it's really cool to see. It's like a type of human relationship we're just not used to seeing. <laughs> and then right. what occurs is if there's children involved, they learn a modeling behavior that is going to help them when they get older. Right? And it isn't about divulging everything that mommy and daddy are doing. It's not about that. But they feel right. the energy. They feel the, the communal support of we really want to heal this stuff right um Mm -hmm. so yeah that that i don't know if i answered your question but that example you gave me is so perfect um and i'm not saying he should throw you another surprise party it would be interesting to unpack (laughs) the survival stress and Mm -hmm. where that emotion came up for you Um, and to just be like, this is really interesting because here's the thing. Anytime we have a trigger or a trauma like that occur, we can see it as an opportunity to learn or it becomes a way of staying stuck. Um, and, and, yeah, and yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And that's, you know, I mean, and, and, and part of, you know, I mean, and I'm, I'm, so fascinated. I'm fascinated by everything that has to do with the brain and the body. That's that's long, you know, that's long time. You know, I'm I'm amazed mm-hmm. that any of this turn out even remotely normally. But but part <laughs> of this, you know, but part of this is we have this aversion to mm-hmm. anything that isn't pretty and happy and yeah. 
fun, you know. Yeah. I mean, and, and I have to admit, I like pretty. I mean, I like pretty music. I like pretty art. I like sure. pretty painting. You know, I like I like pretty. But but I can also appreciate um, that that life can't life isn't and can't always be pretty, and we're not no. prepared for that. I mean, a lot of it yeah. is. I want my partner to stop hurting because it's making me uncomfortable um, mm-hmm. as, opposed to the, as opposed to the invitation to be curious and find out more. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. how, how, do we, how do we be more open to the harder stuff that life mm-hmm. is inevitably going to give us? Well, that, I think, comes back to almost like a, Oh, it's almost like an existential check-in of like, we're not, again, just as I mentioned earlier, we're not animal, just animals, and we're not just human. We've got this blend going on. Mm -hmm. And when we can really drop in to the exquisite nature of this system we're working with and the complexity of it, and that it can hold a lot of stuff, you know, human beings can hold a lot of stuff inside. Um, and to, to, say that, to say to ourselves, because we know the research is out there, if we do not work at this level, we probably won't do so well as we age. And I say that quote unquote, what ages us is this stress and this strain that isn't being released and worked with. So um, to be able to, and I'll use a term that's more jargony for my work, but build capacity, the capacity mm-hmm. to be with the sensations. And one of the first things I teach my students, and you might remember this, but is to listen to when you have to go to the bathroom. I know this sounds really crazy, but our <laughs> biological our biological impulses have a lot to tell us, and we've been trained to not listen to them. And something as simple as, as noticing the pressure in our bladder or our rectum when we need to, you know, void our bowels or urinate, mm-hmm. I've talked to so many people who will hold it in all day because they're so busy that they can't take care of their bodies. Uh-huh. And so often people want to come in and be like, okay, I just want to figure out all these traumas. I want to release all this pain. I want to reset, release that tonsillectomy and the car accident and the rape and all these things. And I'm like, okay, uh-huh. well, before you can trust your body to release that high level of charge, because that's a lot. Uh-huh. You got to just go yeah. to the bathroom when you need to go. Eat when you're hungry. Stop eating when you're full. Rest when you need to rest. Cry uh-huh. when you have tears. Let yourself dance a funky dance if you're feeling the drive of the music as opposed to repressing it. Right. Uh-huh. So there's this. There's a. There's kind of a, a a reawakening to building what I call capacity in the physiological system. That when we do it at that basic level, people often are shocked at how much things start to fall into place after the fact. But most of the time, we don't take the time to, you know, I always use the example of building a house. You would never build a house without a proper foundation. I like to take that one step further, which is you're not going to build a house without proper blueprints and an engineering plan, right? (laughs) And, And the land, you need the land first. And mm-hmm. people are wanting to work on all these big, crazy traumas and heal all the pain with my mother and my ex. And it's like, can you just go to the bathroom when you have to go? Can you let out gas without <laughs> feeling shame, right, or needing to cover it up? Because it's right. going to be very hard for someone to release a big trauma, a big, let's say, cry, shake, 
anger out of the system if it's if they struggle to burp in public. <laughs> I know that sounds really simple, <laughs> but it's actually it can be that simple as a starting point. I, I might sound like I'm over, right. oversimplifying it, but it is a starting point. And when people start to think about that and they actually pay attention, they're like, oh, my God, I really do hold that in. Right. Um, yeah. So that's I mean, an odd starting point. <laughs> but, it's, but it's sort of like babies don't run marathons. I mean, <laughs> they, they, yeah. they start by crawling and then taking steps, and then eventually maybe at yep. some point in time if they actually lose their minds, because I, you know, I can't imagine running a marathon. But, <laughs> yeah. But, you, you can't, know, you can't like, just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I often give a quick example of, you know, you would never put someone at the top of Everest and say, okay, go for a jog. <laughs> you have to, you, you know, you have to acclimatize right. at the lower levels. You will die if you try to do that. You will not be well. And you've got to incrementally, step-by-step, step, build these foundations, this capacity. And here's what's interesting is that when we approach it from that perspective, the system really knows how to take care of itself. I like to call it becoming your own medicine. It starts to know what to do, but most Mm -hmm. people want the fast track, you know, and the one thing I've learned in 20 plus years of doing this work, there is no fast track with this work. No. And and unfortunately what I, what I talk with my clients about is like, you know, you try everything else and then you realize that the only way is through. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you try to go around it, yep. under it, ignore it, you know, and we actually yep. just have to go through it. And, mm-hmm. you know, and I love the fact that, number one, you, you've, um, you know, explain trauma in such a very clear way that, you know, all kinds of things that we wouldn't necessarily consider trauma actually are, mm-hmm. and, it's, and, and that's okay. I mean, you yeah. know. I like and and it's much more universal than that everybody thinks and you're not broken um, mm-hmm. but it, it's more that we've been trained in a particular way um, yeah. you know and you know and it's and it's interesting because nobody remembers what it's like to be two no very yeah. rarely very rarely and very you know rarely. so so it's very hard to, you know so it's like it's it's hard to um, and I and I think one of the things that you also said, which which I love and I think is really important for for society, and if we've gotten nothing out of this year, this may be it, mm-hmm. is to slow down. Is just mm-hmm. slow down, because when we slow down, we'll notice. We'll notice. I mean, I'm looking out my window, and I and I have yeah. you know, leaves coming off this, the tree, and the, mm. and the ones that are left are this beautiful shade of red. Um, beautiful. You know, just to slow down and, and, you know, take time to feel where you are and feel what you're feeling with, without judgment. You know, I mm-hmm. love that. Yeah, just yeah. That, that ability to, to, to slow down and I'll add one more thing, to be aware of what is around you and what you're noticing because we can also slow down and dissociate. <laughs> that's something we also don't want to do. And so there's, right. there's these nuances. I like to say there's this refinement to when you really get into working at these deeper nervous system levels that are quite simple, but they're, it's a new language in our current kind of healing self-help mind-body world. Right. And, you know, and we're, we're, we're under, I mean, and again, my whole thing is, 
for years has always been it's not an either or, it's a both and. We, it, it's all of yeah. this together. We're complex systems. But I love yeah. the fact that, that you're saying that we actually have the ability to heal ourselves with a little bit of understanding and, and, and guidance. And I'm so sorry that we don't have any more time to talk about this. No, 100%. All good. But, it's, um, but again, uh, can you please direct people to your website and yeah. where they can learn more about mm-hmm. this? Yeah, real simple. My name is Irene, I-R-E-N-E, Lyon, L-Y-O-N.com. Everything is there from more of my history, uh, articles, videos, programs, you name it, all the social media. Find me there. And, and, and I cannot tell you, tell you guys enough, please go to this because all of this impacts your relationship, who you are, mm-hmm. how, you, how mm-hmm. you see the world, how you process the world, how you interact with yourself and with others, it's all based here. And, it, and, and the good news is that it can be healed. And, and, and I'm, yes. I'm going to tell you, it doesn't necessarily take years to heal. Trust me. It's, you know, like I like said, just starting to pay attention to your body, what your body's telling you is a huge step over what most of us are doing. So hopefully you mm-hmm. have found these two shows to be helpful. Um, and hopefully you'll find the show just in general to be helpful. And until next week, stay loving. Mm-hmm.